Hello, folks. Welcome to Notoriously Episcopalian, a podcast of sermons from me, Kelly Hudlow, an itinerant Episcopal priest in Alabama. Thanks for listening. This is a sermon for the fourth Sunday of Easter, May 8th, 2022, offered at the Episcopal Church of the Messiah in Heflin, Alabama. The principal text for the sermon were Acts chapter 9, 36 through 43, the raising of Tabitha, Psalm 23, and John 10, verses 22 through 30, part of the Good Shepherd Discourse. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The image of Jesus as the Good Shepherd is actually one of the first visual depictions that we have of Jesus. The early church began representing Jesus in art as a shepherd, a young boy with a lamb around his shoulders. And so it makes sense uh, when you think about it that we get this uh, every year on the fourth Sunday of Easter, we return to Jesus's teaching and talking about himself as the good shepherd. And we get it in the season of Easter, right? Because following our celebration of the resurrection on Easter Sunday, we go into the great 50 days of Easter or Easter tide, where we are hearing stories from the book of Acts of the early church. We're hearing stories from the gospel of Jesus's appearances to the disciples after his resurrection. And today we get a little bit of a time jump because we hear Jesus back right in the gospel of John teaching in Jerusalem and teaching about himself as the good shepherd. And so because the image of the good shepherd, Jesus as the good shepherd, is so much part of the early church, it makes sense that in the midst of Eastertide, we every year return to this image of Jesus. In this Sunday's reading, the part of the gospel that we get particularly talks about the fact that Jesus says that my sheep know my voice. And when they hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. Now we see what it might look like to be one of Jesus's sheep over in the reading from the book of Acts. We get the raising of Tabitha by Peter. And a lot of times we think of this story mainly as Peter being the main character, right? Where we are hearing about the apostles on the road. Last week we had the conversion of Paul. And so Paul is about to take off on his preaching ministry. And we have Peter who's been sort of forced to get move out of his comfort zone to get out of Jerusalem to go on the road. And he has now begun to, on his own behalf, empowered by the Spirit to, to continue works of healing, right? So right before Tabitha, Peter comes and heals a man. And so when Tabitha, this woman who was so important to the community, dies, they send for Peter. And so we usually pay attention to Peter in this story because he is the apostle, he is the rock on which the church was built. But I think stopping for a moment to consider who Tabitha is is really important because number one Tabitha is referred to as a disciple and she is the only woman in the New Testament that is expressly called a disciple now we know that Mary Magdalene and the other women that traveled with the disciples and that witnessed all these things and first proclaimed the resurrection we know by deeds right that they were disciples but Tabitha is the one woman in the New Testament that is called a disciple. 
And here we get just glimpses of what her ministry was, right? We know that she tended to a community of widows. And in the book of Acts and throughout the New Testament and throughout Scripture, when we hear about widows, what we think of are women that are largely poor because their husband has died, right? Or sometimes it could be women that had been set aside by their husband. Even though their husband was still alive, they might be living with the community of widows. Or it could be a woman that never married. But it is a community of women that have very little standing. They have very little financial resources. And they are on the margins of the community. And so Tabitha, for some reason has pulled together this community of widows, and out of her own resources, she has clothed them, and she has taken care of them. And so when she dies, the widows do what they, the best that they can, which is they wash and prepare her body for burial. And the disciples, seeing this community responding in so much love, send for Peter, right, who's in the area, who's performing miracles to come. And to see what has happened here. And when Peter shows up, what the widows do is they show them the very clothes that Tabitha had made for them. They talk about how Tabitha had cared for them. And so Peter sends them away and says what are somewhat familiar words, which he looks to Tabitha dead and says, Tabitha, get up. It's the same words that Jesus had spoken to Jairus' daughter little girl, get up. And suddenly, Tabitha does just that. And the best that we can tell is Tabitha goes back to the work that made her a disciple, which is continuing to care for this widow community that when she is presented to them, they celebrate. And this story spreads around in the community and more and more people begin to believe that Jesus is the Christ because of Tabitha's ministry the love the widows had for her, and then Peter's act of healing of bringing her back. Now, Tabitha was not ordained. She was not set apart like the seven deacons that were called in Acts. She was a woman that was a sheep that belonged to Jesus who heard Christ's voice and engaged in ministry to take care of the most vulnerable in her community. Out of her own charity and good works, she tended to these women and they loved her. On Good Shepherd Sunday, one reason why in the church we always call it this is we get the readings from John where Jesus is talking about the Good Shepherd, but we also get the 23rd Psalm. And I don't know if you're like me. The version that we read in church is not the version that I memorized, right? We sort of stumble over the words a little bit because it's not the King James Version. It's not what, what we have learned to recite. But it is probably the most beloved song that we have. I have found when I have visited folks when they are very, very ill, or maybe even when they are on the verge of death, maybe much of their language is gone but if you start to recite Psalm 23 the way that we know it, you'll start to see them read along. It's a psalm that most people associate with funerals or with death or with trouble. It's a psalm that somehow just gets ingrained into our minds to where we can say it by heart. 
But I think it is also a psalm that should maybe be associated with what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be one of Jesus's sheep that listen for his voice and follow. When you think about it, think about the verbs that are in this psalm, right? Um, the Lord makes me, the Lord leads me, the Lord revives me, guides me, comforts, anoints me, right? These are very active words. These are the words that we use about when we talk about vocation, right? Which is the really fancy word that means God is calling you to do something, right? Something in the church, something in the world. And when most people hear the word vocation, they might get a little uncomfortable because they might be worried that I'm talking about you. And I'm here to tell you that I am. Because I do believe that every person sitting here this morning is called by God to do something. And the question is, will you be faithful and hear Jesus's voice and follow? Will you allow God to lead you, revive you, guide you, and comfort you? What will you and God get up to if you trust in the Lord enough the way the psalmist that wrote this beautiful psalm did? I think we are all called to work in the church. And I think sometimes we think, well, it's just the ordained folks, just the folks that put on the fancy clothes. But Tabitha makes it clear that that is not the case because she was a disciple of Jesus but was never ordained or authorized by the church to do anything. She just knew that she was called to take care of the widows in her community. Psalm 23 probably is so associated with death and so associated with times of trouble because it seems like we get really close to God when life gets really hard. I'm sure you have probably at some point made a bargain. God, if you just do this, I'll never do that, right? Or God, if you just do this, I promise that I'll do that. And Psalm 23 is unusual in that it is the only time that we talk about my shepherd. The psalmist, when they write about God as shepherd, normally talks about God as the shepherd of the community. But in this moment, what we have is a very personal psalm where it's not God leading the community. It's God leading the individual. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He revives my soul and guides me. While I do believe that the church that is created by God is called to action, to act collectively and take care of our community, that work doesn't begin until each individual answers the call of God on their life. And so on Good Shepherd Sunday, maybe we don't like to think of ourselves as sheep, but sheep are really sort of lovely animals when you get down to it. But they are animals that need to be guided and they are animals that need to be cared for. And they are animals that need to be tended to for their each and individual needs. And so, on the fourth Sunday of Easter, in this great Easter tide, what is God calling you to do? What is the work of Christ that you are called to do in this church and out in the world? How can you take on practices that allow God to comfort you and to revive you and to guide you and lead you? I know that God is calling you to something. How will you hear Christ's voice and how will you follow? Let us pray.
Lord, help each of us know clearly the work which you are calling us to do in life and grant us every grace we need to answer your call with courage, love, and lasting dedication to your will. Amen.